right, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you saw a great movie and you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my best good buddies. First up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, the myth, it's the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented. It's Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, that's me. Guys, uh, so I... I want to switch things up tonight on the show. Um, normally, normally we we would go through and we would do like a, a trailer roundup um, and talk about movies. But but you know what? You know what I love doing with you guys? I love digging deep into these movies. I love going into a much deeper conversation and to really talk about the impact that film is having uh in our world, in our lives. I mean, all three of us are, are big movie fans. Um, so let's, let's bring it back. Let's, let's not make a big discussion, a one-off thing. Let's have a whole show of just discussion about these things while also talking about some kick-ass movies, uh, a couple of which we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Miss Lindley Key, Lindley actually took a trip to uh, New York City Comic Con. Lindley, how was that? It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I only got to go on Friday and Saturday, but a lot of exciting things happened on those days. Um, for my personal thing, I got to see the stars of Outlander, which is my favorite television show. Did you Sam Hewen, uh, Sam Hewen pointed at me. I almost did. <laughs> That's like my number one celebrity crush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Hewen, I respect you, but oh man. <laughs> I, I may have swooned. I may have swooned. She swooned. I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Comic Con was fantastic. Uh, that happened. But on Friday, I got to go to an early screening via Comic Con for a, a certain movie we're going to talk about tonight. Nice, nice. You want to tell the audience what the movie is, or you want to keep it a surprise? Uh, yes. The movie? Oh, oh! I thought that... she was going to keep it a surprise. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm not reading the signals well tonight. Oh, no, it's fine. No, no, you go right ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be a surprise now, no. Oh, right. dang it. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Pinata audience, Island. Audience. Oh, well, you know what? You know what? That's really good because now they have to stay to listen. Um <laughs> Uh, we are definitely going to uh, do a brief discussion on, on Venom. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to see it. I will have seen it by this recording. But, guys, there is a there's a surprising amount of, um, you know, of praise for Venom. And yet the critics were none were none too impressed. So I really want to kind of dig into into that uh, to that particular topic. Um, and then, of course, we've got to talk about, it just hit the airwaves, uh, James Gunn is possibly moving on to Suicide Squad 2, you know, Lindley's favorite franchise, Yay. um, so, 
I we 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 got we got to talk about this because this might be DC's chance of sobering up. We know James Gunn, you know, we know that he is a successful director, um, but again, what does this mean for the DCEU? We're going to talk about all that and much, much more tonight. Um, Audience, before we get started, just a few little housekeeping things. Uh, If you find that you are really digging this podcast and you're like, man, I have got to listen to Popcorn Prattle every two weeks, guess what? You can for free. Uh, You can actually go onto Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You can literally go any place you want in order to find our podcast. All you have to do is hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, make sure that you share it with your friends, let them know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the Film Talk podcast to listen to. You heard me? Yes. I swear I thought you were about to break out into the Reading Rainbow theme just then. You can be anything. (laughs) Just open a book. Read a book, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. This is this is what I have to deal with, audience. It's in a book. It's popcorn prattle. Steven makes a reference from like the eighties. Watch anything well well, no more. And then Lemmy will start singing. Conversation has really derailed. I'm so editing most of this out. Anyways, (laughs) we're gonna keep going. Uh, Stephen Lindley, I, you guys are done singing and, and bringing up 80s pop Says culture who? references. Are we? Are I we? certainly hope so. <laughs> because guess what, audience? I'm about ready to prattle. You guys ready? Maybe. Ready. All right, let's prattle. <laughs> it's too late for this, guys. All right. So, um, I think, I think, guys, I'm, and I'm going to pull an audible here. So, so bear, so bear with them if they are a little slow to respond. Um, but we've got to at least make a little tiny shout out to Miss Anne-Marie, um, longtime listener of the show. Anne-Marie. Hi, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie actually pointed out to us that Aladdin, the trailer, is a one-minute trailer. It dropped Ooh. recently, um, oh. like as of this recording, um, like an hour ago. And uh, just really briefly, we'll make this the nugget. What did you guys think of it? Did you like it? Did you not like it? It was a teaser. Yeah. They didn't show us anything, I mean, really. Yeah, but I mean, do we need a teaser for a movie that most of us have already seen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, oh, it's like you know, you make, again, you make a teaser. You make a teaser for like movies that you that you've never seen before. You know, to kind of like get the audience hype for it. But what I saw was Prince of Persia too. Ooh, that's not good. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Plus, plus, um, did did they whitewash Aladdin? No, they didn't. Okay, no. Okay, then because. But you know, I'm glad you said that because when they I was put a watching shirt the trailer, them, which I'm real upset about. Yeah, I, I like like Don't when I was Sam watching it, that. I was kind of <laughs> like I was wondering like did they whitewash him? Because I thought they didn't. Because mm-hmm. I remember there was a controversy or something, but 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I was wondering that too. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking up the actor right now, but I I don't think they whitewashed him. Okay, well, when I saw him, I was like, I thought they didn't whitewash the character, and then I was a little concerned. Kiss. Um, I mean, there's just I mean, we talk about these superhero movies having CGI, but holy crap! Like we couldn't go to like a, an actual desert. You know, no, we couldn't. Actually Where are you going to find Agrabah? a desert? Marcus, come on, be realistic. Where are you going to find a desert on the planet in this day and age? Oh, I know, exactly. You know. Uh, no, in fact, Aladdin is not, not whitewashed. He's played by an actor named Min- Mina Masoud. I think, or I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing this. Oh, okay. Uh, but he was born okay. in Egypt. Oh. Uh, raised in Canada. Whoa. Well, yeah. now. All right. Well, that okay. That is a step above the boyfriend from Full House. The, so cool. The only white person I am seeing in this casting is Billy Magnuson, who is kind of like that that one white guy in everything right now. Billy he was Magnuson. one of the princes in Into the Woods movie, the not Chris Pine prince. Let me look him up. Billy Magnuson. Yeah. Who's he playing? Uh, someone called oh, that Prince kid. Anders. Yeah, that kid. That that white guy. <laughs> <laughs> On tonight's episode of Oh, That White Guy, it's Billy Magnuson. <laughs> uh, be careful. Scene... That's how that's how Go Home DC a drunk got started. <laughs> okay, be careful because next thing you know, um, that becomes a running gag on the show of Oh, That White Guy. <laughs> Ooh, do you remember Nassim from Saturday Night Live? Sure. She's going to be in it. Who is he playing? She. Oh, she. Is, yeah, it's playing a character named Dahlia. Did you oh. like it? Wait, Lindley, did you like it? I didn't dislike I didn't like it, but I also didn't dislike it because they Lindley. didn't show us anything. Let, they didn't show us anything. They showed us Iago's shadow and that they put a shirt on Aladdin which I'm real upset about. You keep bringing the shirt up. I don't think it was that big of a deal. It was deal. a big part of my childhood, okay? A uh, shirtless Aladdin. Lindley! <laughs> Save that for the midnight show. Hey, hey, a lot of a lot of girls who grew up in the 90s can agree with me. <laughs> Maybe even some boys. I don't know. We're going to make a poll. <laughs> we're going to make a poll and we're going to put that on Insta and and Twitter and find out. Watch that's like the most popular poll that we we, we put on the air. I'll make sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why does Lily keep sharing this? Why isn't she sharing the episode? It's important <laughs> to me, all right? Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. Um, well, Lindley, you, you are indeed right. It is just a teaser, but... Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll I'll wait I'll wait to pass judgment later. But I, I got, need to see how the genie looks. That's, that's what, what I was, that's, that's, what's that's what I was going to bring up. That's what I was going to bring up because apparently Will Smith, my my friend Michael Slattery. Hey Michael, um, hi Michael, who also listens to the show. He was telling me he was trying to argue with me at rehearsal about Will Smith playing the genie, and I said, "Well, Will Smith is just going to play Will Smith because that's what Will Smith does." He just plays Will Smith. Yeah. To which my which... friend Michael said, no, he said he's going to make it more like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 
And I said, no, you know what his... That's Will Smith. That, I said, you you know what his name was I, on, on Fresh Prince? It was Literally Will, Will Smith. <laughs> That's the last thing I want. I don't want the genie popping out of the lamp going, whoo, ha, ha. <laughs> I can't top that. I can't top that. What can I say that tops that? That was beautiful. That was amazing. That should be. Is that that going to be the clip? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That should be the clip. (laughs) Early on, Lindley. (laughs) Lindley is on it. Uh, I'm on it tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle up. (laughs) She's like, that's only the nugget. Oh, goodness. Well, audience, you please let us know uh, what you think of of this teaser trailer as well. Um, Let me know if you if you if you like it, if you didn't like it, if you are excited about Will Smith being the genie. I'm sure, Michael, you're probably thinking of your rebuttal right now because I didn't call you out on the air, but it won't matter because I will still demolish you on the microphone. Um until you come on the show. Come on the show, buddy. I got to have you on here. Um, Join guys, us. Let us dig into our first topic um, for the evening. Mr. James Gunn, we've expressed our, our disapproval of Disney firing James Gunn um, and taking him out of Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has also um, expressed their displeasure at losing James Gunn. Um, but it seems that James Gunn has found a new home, possibly, with DC and the DCEU uh, directing Suicide Squad 2. Um, what? I... Ooh. I, I definitely want to. I definitely want to talk about what we feel about James Gunn moving on to Suicide Suicide Squad two. If that's a good idea or a bad idea, but I also want you guys to think about this, right? So, DC, their cinematic universe is not working. Point blank, simple, it's not working. All right, we literally created a segment on the show called "Go Home DC." You're drunk because it just ain't working. Everything they do is wrong. Um... Should they, and we've talked about in the past, we've, you know, they were like, hey, take, take a play from Marvel's playbook and, you know, get some success, get some momentum to your movies. Um, Is this a step in the right direction? Is this what we were envisioning when we said, take a page out of Marvel's playbook? Um, You know, is James, is hiring James Gunn the right decision? I mean, after all, they did take on... Uh, Joss Whedon for Justice League. So what what say you guys? I mean, is this a good idea, especially from like, you know, just from studio to studio? So I'm going to say that this was a a very wise decision, which makes me think that Larry did not make it. Um, And I also want to point out that I don't think it would really be comparable to them bringing on Joss Whedon Mm -hmm. because Joss Whedon was essentially brought on to fix Justice League. He wasn't there to start it out and uh, shoot it from the beginning. He was just brought on to kind of uh, bang it up into shape, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, well, everyone who saw the movie knows how well that turned out. Um, But uh, from what I understand... uh, 
the rumor is that this would be a way to start over with Suicide Squad. It would be his own thing. Um, And if they go that route, that would be probably the wisest thing they could do. Uh, Because like you said, it's it is a broken universe. I don't want to say everything they've done is bad because I really uh, my wife and I were watching Wonder Woman again the other day. As you should. And yeah, well, I like I knew it was good when we saw it. We really enjoyed it. We got it when it came out on Blu-ray and we just haven't had a chance to rewatch it. So we were watching it again. I was like, this is just a really good movie. Mm -hmm. Like. Even if you take away the Wonder Woman aspect, you take away the superhero element of it. It's just a really fun, good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's like I'll tell you how good it was. I like I knew I remembered really thinking that the moment the movie really solidifies its identity is when it gets to the uh, no man's land scene. Um, and I'm the, okay. The second time watching this, when we got to that part, I felt myself starting to tear up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that <clears throat> I know that might sound a little weird, but like, I just feel like seeing it a second time with fresh eyes, you kind of really follow it even better, and just kind of like you can really feel the power. In it. And so I think like if they keep that movie in the canon. And just disregard whatever Suicide Squad was trying to be and just do something new and let James Gunn do his own thing like David S. Pumpkins. Uh, I think it'll be really good. Any questions? (laughs) But. Okay. So here's the thing, right? I get it. I get the idea of bringing in James Gunn to do Suicide Squad, right? He's done yeah. he's done a fran- he's made a successful franchise um that is very similar to Suicide Squad with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And Here's- Suicide Squad was the answer to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy in the first place. This From is- the trailer and everything, this was DC trying to match up to it. This is true, but Suicide Squad at its core is not Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy is a bunch of degenerates who claim to be bad people, and to a degree they are. But at, but you know, deep down inside, no, no, no. These are all really, really good people. Suicide Squad, on the other hand, these are bad people that are forced to do even worse things. And to me, the problem with Suicide Squad in the beginning, you know, in the first movie, was making the squad too much like Guardians of the Galaxy. You wanted to make them too likable. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that James Gunn can't understand these characters but is James Gunn really the best director for this film or is there another person that really can understand these characters because James Gunn's also going to write it yep and he's a great writer don't get me wrong he's a great writer I loved Guardians of the Galaxy 1 I extremely loved uh, volume 2 I loved that it went from 
you know, Peter finding a family and kind of reconciling with his mom to, you know, I mean, I, I tear up every time I think about the, uh, that part where ego tells him that he put the tumor in his mom's brain, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just, and they, and it has that shot of just like, you see Peter finally getting out of the trance and he's like, are you kidding me? Um, or even just those, even just that, that scene between, um, Rocket and Yondu, you know, where Yondu is telling him like, you're just like me. Don't act like you're better than me. Um, You know, like to me, Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Two, that was the superior movie. Um and again, I feel like you know, there's a good chance that James Gunn could do a good job, but is he going to do the best job? And I feel like when you're when you're trying if you're trying to reboot a franchise, um you can't just take the director from the from your opponent. For the same team, for like or like the same, uh, you know, type of movie, yeah. you gotta you gotta do what Marvel did. You gotta find the right director. You know, you talk about Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins was the right director for Wonder Woman. You put Patty Jenkins with another DC movie, it might not be as good. But you put her with the right movie. We talked about you know you talked about Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon was not good for Justice League. Not the Justice League that Zack Snyder was was creating. Nope. And so it was a misstep. But we can't sit here and say that Joss Whedon did not have success with Avengers. But he understood that team. Yeah. Um, and even though, you know, to some people it's like, well, Marcus, you know, Avengers, Justice League, what's the difference? Big difference in personalities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's not... Bruce Wayne is not a complete parallel to Iron Man. These are two completely different types of people. You know, one is an alcoholic. One actually thinks he's a bat. (laughs) So it's a matter of like, look, you gotta, you just gotta be smart about it. Um, You know, I think this is in the right direction, but I think this is, I think we're setting ourselves up for another Justice League failure. Well, see, that's where I kind of disagree, because I think in a weird, weird way, uh, James Gunn might actually be the best suited for this. Because, one, he's proven himself to be a competent filmmaker, so that's one point in his favor. Also, he's been betrayed, more or less, by Disney. Yeah. Uh, So what better way to have an act of catharsis than to make the anti-Guardians of the Galaxy, where they are the villains, and I don't mean just like, we're the bad guys, but we're really heroes. I mean, actual fun bad guys but so was But so was Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon hated working on Age of Ultron, and it shows. He hated it so much, he left, he left immediately after Age of Ultron, came out and said, this is not the movie I wanted to make, made Chef... It's like which his, is like, fantastic, right? Which which is fantastic, but he made Chef because he wanted <laughs> to fight against that, and then went and did Justice League. And again, Joss Whedon is a competent director, and look what happened. But he didn't necessarily make all of Justice League. Justice League was more or less made for him. He just had to kind of fix it, and yeah, it didn't work out. But. Um, that's what I'm saying is like maybe James Gunn 
might have a little bit better ground to kind of fight back. See, I see, I disagree. I really do because again, you're 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 saying that you know that he is going to that that at fire from getting getting taken out of the MCU and now being put into the DCEU um, is going to make another is going to make a better movie. But at the same time, again, and we've said this on the show before, eventually he is going to have to answer to the producers. And if he's doing yep. something too far out there that doesn't fall in line with how they are interpreting the characters or what they feel is working, they're gonna then they're gonna do what they did to Justice League. They're gonna hack what he what he uh, what he wanted up to pieces, and then give the audience that what they feel is the better product. And actually, no, that's a wrong. The, Justice League is a wrong example. Batman versus Superman. Batman yeah. versus Superman: The Ultimate Edition is a superior movie. It actually Still makes that good. movie. It actually makes it better because it mm. makes sense. But the producers got to it. Yep. And again, See, we, don't even, and we don't know about Wonder Woman. Uh, was it 84, 88? 80, 1984. 84. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what is going to happen with that. Because again, the, the, the producers of the DCEU, yes, they trust Patty Jenkins and they know that she can do it. But let's let's just keep it real. You think they're not going to be watching that and get a little nervous if Patty Jenkins goes out of line of what they feel Wonder Woman should be? And that's if... exactly my point of why I'm not that excited about hmm. this. Because Marvel did let James Gunn have a lot of freedom with these characters. Yes, it is. I don't. Ugh, it, it sucks what happened to him. It sucks him being fired from Guardians 3, but I do not want this to be a consolation prize. Mm -hmm. I don't want him going into a franchise which was ripping him off in the first place Mm. only to have what I know James Gunn is capable of for that to get destroyed by producers who don't know what the heck they're doing, who have proven that time and time again, especially with the franchise... He's taking over to begin with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I just... Eh, I'm not that thrilled with this. I, it's not that I don't think James Gunn could do a great job with this. It's the producers I don't trust. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, it's, uh, I think it all comes down to how much of this is going to be up to James Gunn and how much is going to be up to Larry's daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... And also, and also, Lindley, to to tag along to your point, you know, of of just these two franchises, they did give James Gunn more license because remember, who knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were before? Nothing. You know, our friend Jones um, talks all the time about how you know he's like you know he puts on Facebook he's like I'm kind of stunned that I live in a world where my son knows who the Guardians of the Galaxy is. <laughs> like, he knows all of their names. When we were younger, like, I remember when the first trailer came out, I had to look up who the Guardians were. Yeah. But Suicide and- Squad, I did not have to look them up, because I was like, oh, yeah, they're it's all Harley Batman. Friends. Yeah, they're all Batman villains. Yeah. And now with Guardians, we have two, almost, uh, soon to be two theme park rides based off of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and po- and you know, we don't know what's going to happen after Avengers Four. Possible spinoffs. 
after Guardians Volume Three. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would actually love to see a, a Groot and Rocket movie. I wouldn't mind a Ravagers movie. Oh, like a real like a real MCU space opera. Mm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I want to see Squirrel Girl. It's happening. I was about to say you she's keep saying that, animated... but it's, it's happening. No, no, she's getting live action too. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is in what? It's it's funny because it's the same actress for both of them. Really? Yeah, she's all... it's uh, uh I forget her name. I always forget. Her she's name. the Verizon girl. No, no, no. Uh, AT and T. Oh, AT and T. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's doing mm. the voice for Squirrel Girl, and then she's also going to do um, the live action Squirrel Girl. Yeah. So, I think she's a good choice. Yeah. Anyways, that's yeah, that's later. <laughs> when that show comes out, we'll we'll talk more about it. <laughs> um, but guys, speaking of, um, you know, some some franchises and whatnot. And I mean, it's another comic book topic, but we're we're gonna again, we're gonna expand it a little bit. Um, Venom just came out, and we've had many thoughts about Venom on the show. Right, we hated Tom Hardy's accent, uh, the look of Venom, you know, all these other things about the movie, and come to find out, it's doing well, doing very well. Yeah, like, it beats uh, *Stars Born* at the box office. Yeah, people like this movie, which kind of sucks because then that means that Sony's going to keep holding on to the rights to all the rest of the Spider-Man. Uh, universe, the Spider Verse, uh, unfortunately, but um, it is kind of exciting that that somebody not in the MCU got a win. Um, and to be honest, this might be uh, the perfume or you know cologne or whatever to say like, hey MCU, you should totally put Venom in the next Spider Man movie. Want to put him in Far From Home? Maybe put a little crossover teaser? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for them. I'm happy for them. Uh, but, again, haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to hold my judgment till I see it. But here's what I want to talk about. We've seen this happen before, right? The people are saying that this is a good movie. The critics, on the other hand, are saying this movie is hot garbage. That it's another misstep for Sony. How do we get past this? Like what? Like what? What? What do we have to do to really enjoy movies nowadays? Because I feel like this. I feel like when critics put out this information, I feel like it does taint the movie a little bit. Even before I go mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. I guess there's the whole thing of. I know a lot of people who, they refuse to watch trailers. If there's a movie they're excited about, or a Mm. character, or an actor they're excited to see, they will not watch any trailers, or hear any buzz about it. They want to go into it completely fresh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That might be the only way to do it nowadays, is to be unplugged from Rotten Tomatoes, to be unplugged from YouTube and the trailer section of youtube mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's tough though it really is tough yeah i mean even on this show right i mean we we talk about 
we talk about movie. I mean, we we open the show talking about Aladdin. Um, you know, we've talked about trailers. We've we've given reviews to to movies that we're really excited about, and we want to talk more in depth about. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, and not to toot our own horn, but I feel like when we do see a movie. We we make it very clear, like, this is our opinion. And our opinion is going to be different from yours. And we celebrate the fact that it's different. Um, but I feel like this is almost like watching a play. You know what I mean? A little bit. When you, like, when you see, like, if, Lindley, if you and I saw a play in New York, um, which we probably will do when I come to visit in a couple of months. Soon. Um, <laughs> when when we go see a play, right? You might see like all right. So for instance, you saw Cursed Child. Uh, yeah, I did twice. I might go see Cursed Child and be like, Lindley, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, this is horrible. Yeah, but it's not a matter of like you're wrong, I'm right, or I'm wrong, you're right. All all that it means is that we have two different opinions about this movie. And that's okay. Yeah. But I feel like we are in a culture now where you hear from a critic, you hear from Rotten Tomatoes that like, oh, this this movie got 2%. Well, I don't really know if that means that it's an actual bad movie or if it's just like the guy or the, per- the people that reviewed it, if they just maybe don't like comic book movies. Mm. You know? Um... You know, for instance, Steven, you don't particularly, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, if I'm wrong, you can say so. But you don't particularly care for comic book movies. Um, it depends. It really depends. If I see a trailer and I'm interested, I give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Logan, Wonder Woman, those interested me. Black Panther, uh, that interested me. But on the whole... You know, the idea of, like, the cinematic universe, it's just not my cup of tea. So. But may I may I make an argument? The movies that you described, right? Mm-hmm. Can we really call those solely a comic book movie? And what I mean by that. Comic books? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> what I mean is, what I mean is, right? So you look at, um, oh, my gosh. You look at something like. The Dark Knight. I'm going to use that as an example. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight is technically a comic book movie, right? Because it has Batman in it. But mm-hmm. really, what is it about that movie, besides Batman being in it, that makes it a comic book? Nothing. There is there is nothing you know fantastical about that Batman. Everything about him is practical. Everything about that world could happen, right? It might be a heightened version of it, but no more heightened than, you know, going to watch Die Hard or something. So can you honestly say that that is a 100% pure comic book movie as compared to, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies? Well, see, I I wouldn't even say that. I don't think it's as clear-cut as that because if you start arguing about what makes a certain genre a genre... I mean, I was actually just watching a scene from Spider-Man 2 
uh, literally 30 minutes before we started recording. Um, it's the scene where Doc Ock uh, awakens in the hospital and starts killing all of the uh, uh, doctors. And that whole scene is shot like something out of a horror movie. Yep. And it's really effective and it's great and it's awesome, but also disturbing. Um, and it's just, it's great. And so I think, you know, you really can't say anything is a pure essence of anything. I think probably the closest thing I've seen to a pure comic book movie would be the 2003 Hulk movie. And that's only because it literally had like the comic book panels as transitions. Um, But even then, you know, it's not just a comic book movie. It's also an action movie and it has elements of drama. All movies, you know, if they want to make it good, they can't just stick to one archetypal genre pirates of the caribbean not to get off top topic but even that couldn't just stay in the strictly pirate genre they had to bring in ghost stories and folklore and mythology and all this other stuff and adventure um but uh uh, to kind of kind of take it back to what you were saying um most of the movies that you know i technically like have to be just a good movie in general Um, if the trailers fail to impress me, usually I won't go see it. Or if, you know what, let me get a little more specific about that. If I see things in the trailers that I definitely do not like, that is one way to keep me from going to see a movie. Um, you know, uh, there's this, um, oh God, there was this trailer that came out recently, uh, for a movie. And I was like, this looks kind of interesting. Why are they playing the Nutcracker theme? And then the titles come up and it's like, oh, it's called The Nutcracker. But then, but then it gets a subtitle. It's like The Rise of the Doomsday Device or something. Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Yes. And I was just like, why the hell are they trying to turn The Nutcracker into the next Lord of the Rings? Was it ever supposed to be like that? Do I want to see a serialized action adventure epic based on the nutcracker no not really am i the only one that finds that like semi-intriguing i mean i do thank you it's well i mean it's a matter of like you're taking you're taking a story that is is very basic like there's nothing really to the nutcracker suite other than right like the girl gets the nutcracker at a party she gets and taken into this magical world and then she has rats. to fight the rat you're right yeah um, and she doesn't fight the rats the nutcracker does mm-hmm. then she gets turned into a human and then they go to a magical realm and there's a bunch of various dancing and that's really it right so to me like you're you're taking you're taking something that had like a very basic idea and all you're doing is expanding on it and maybe freshening it up for kids who never would have even given t- given the uh the original nutcracker the time of day. Yeah. And you've got yeah. people like Misty Copeland is in it. So you still have the tradition of the nutcracker and the the beautiful dancing that comes with it and the score. In Misty Copeland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did we get to talk about Cracker and the Four Realms? Okay, okay. <laughs> so we got there. Yeah, we got so... there because, you know, we're, we're sitting here and we're, we're talking about, you know, when you go, when you go see a, a movie, like what's tainting you before you get into that movie? And, and, one, and on one part, it is 
uh, critics. And then the other part of it is trailers. You look at, yeah. for instance, uh, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. It's Edge of Tomorrow. I am not calling it anything but Edge of Tomorrow. It's a great, great movie. It's mm-hmm. probably the movie that made me start to like Tom Cruise as an action star. Um, and then the mummy ruined it. Well, I never saw the mummy after you after your review. See, you tainted my view. You tainted it. I didn't even go see the mummy because of you. Um, for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, terrible. for a good reason. It's because it's because I trust you. But Aww. you know, it's not like a critic. It's not like some like random critic. It's like no, my friend saw this and gave me the, the scoop. I'm not gonna go see this. He um, trusts me. But like Edge of Tomorrow, I love that movie. You know, I absolutely love that movie. But I only went to go see it because I heard that it was based off of a manga. That's what got me into the theater. It wasn't the fact of the trailer because the trailer was just weird and didn't explain anything to you and just was dumb. Um, <laughs> like, was the tra- like the dumb. trailer is so bad. <laughs> but then I went to see it and I'm like, holy crap, this is a great, great movie. Um, So... I- I mean, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I feel like we need to start, we have to start going to movies with more of an open mind. If we go into movies with an open mind, I'm not saying that we're going to, I'm not saying that we're automatically going to start enjoying every single movie. Like, had I not seen a trailer for Suicide Squad, I still would have hated it. You know? Um, But I feel like, now that I am, and, and, and I guess maybe I'm contradicting myself, but whatever. I feel like now that I'm seeing that there is this this group that actually likes the uh, likes Venom, that's not the normal group, it's not the critics, it's the people, and the critics are the ones saying that this is a bad movie, I kind of want to go see it now because, number one, I want to make up my own opinion. Um, but number two, I don't know, there's something about the later trailers or the, like the most recent trailers that just makes me think like, this is just going to be another fun popcorn. Let's see a, a legit superhero uh, movie because I mean, to me, the thing that Marvel has done to really change up the game as far as superhero movies goes is they're not actually making superhero movies anymore. No, they're just like, like, you know, Winter Soldier. That is not a superhero movie. That's a spy movie. It has Captain America in it, but it's not a cap. It's not a superhero movie. That's a spy movie. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is not a traditional superhero movie. And I'm not saying that like all of a sudden the superhero genre. I mean that it, it it goes away. I'm not saying that it loses that title, but I'm saying that this is what I would call, like, a, a pure superhero movie because, and I'm going to be honest, I actually, I actually wikipedia the plot of Venom because I was like, let me see what this is like. It's not bad. It, the, like, the plot is actually, it's different than what I, I called it as. I was like, oh, this is a lot more intriguing. It's like if we took the third act of Spider-Man 3 and just made that the movie. Hmm. I was like, oh, this is a lot more entertaining. And the fact that he's not fighting Spider-Man, I actually like. Because you actually had to try to make a plot. 
that did not revolve around Spider-Man and you had to fight the urge to include Spider-Man. And that's a risk. That's a James Gunn type risk from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm to take a character that not a lot of people know. I mean, people know Venom as Spider-Man's arch nemesis or one yeah. of his one of one of his vil- one of his big villains. Um but they don't know uh Venom as the anti-hero. You know, mm-hmm. they don't know Venom as, you know, in in recent in recent comic book issues, like Venom actually becomes a good guy. Um because they find out that Venom like the symbiote actually went crazy when it came when it came into Earth's atmosphere. Um, so that is, to me, that's, that's more interesting. That's you evolving, changing your character, but in a good way. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't know that if I just based off the critics or I based it solely on the trailers because none of those things were going to do it for me. That wasn't going to get my butt into the seat. And now I feel kind of bad because that plot that I read, I would have loved to have seen that for the first time untainted. Well, you got to remember something too. Most consumers don't, you know, they're looking at like the average ticket price, you know, and they're thinking, okay, what is it like 1050 now? <laughs> uh, <however> much. <laughs> um, I just spent $17 to go see a star is born. Yeah. You, I wish it was $10. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being generous. And so they're, so, you know, they're looking at these guys going to literally there's, you guys don't have five New Tuesdays. Well, New York York is one thing. All right. (laughs) You can't walk down the street without spending like $30. (laughs) I work during the day, so it's always going to be evening shows for me. Um, But, you know, so they're, you know, they got to be, you know, thrifty in how they spend their money. So. They can't always go see these big tentpole movies that are coming out all the time. And we just live in a culture. I mean, it is a totally cultured thing. You know, people are just wanting immediate information. And unfortunately, you know, things like Rotten Tomatoes gives them that really quick. It's good or it's bad. And there's no real room for nuance in someone whose life is just constantly on the move. So I feel like, you know, for that to change, which I wish it would because, you know, there's a lot of movies that if people actually, you know, took the time to watch, they would realize, okay, maybe the reason the critics didn't like this movie as much is because to them, you know, they see hundreds more movies than the average moviegoer does. And so to them, a lot of the things that it does are kind of cliche and not that inspired. But, you know, to the average moviegoer, who hasn't seen as many movies, maybe it's not cliche to them. You know, mm. there, I mean, I have met people who think Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is one of the most creative movies ever made. Oh, bless that And dogs. it's because they have never seen that many movies. Uh, I mean, that's why they did so well overseas, you know, because, you know, nece- not necessarily overseas uh, territories get those kind of movies all the time. I mean, back then anyways. Nowadays, it's different, but... Back then, it was different. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I I think in order for it to change, you really have to kind of convince people to start looking at film uh, a little more objectively. Like, I don't, I, I personally do not read reviews. I try to avoid hype and spoilers, especially if it's a movie that I really want to form my own opinion on. Uh, like when Star Wars Episode Seven came out. 
I did not read anything online. I did not go hunting down uh, TV spots or trailers just because I really wanted to see it with, you know, my own eyes. I did not want to be persuaded by the hype. And what do you know? I loved it. Uh, And then everyone else was like, "Eh, it's just a remake of a new hope. And I was like, well, I don't care. That's your opinion. Maybe it's partially true, but I personally loved it. I liked it better than a new hope. Uh, Last Jedi, same thing. I didn't really pay attention to any of the hype. I went to go see it. I loved it. I come out and everyone's like, oh, I feel betrayed by Disney. And I was just like, okay, you need to grow up. And I, it's, I'm sure the same thing's going to be when episode nine comes out. People are going to be like, oh, it's going to be the best Star Wars movie ever. They're going to go see it and they'll be like, oh, J.J. Abrams ruined my childhood. I'm just going to be like, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters is if I enjoyed it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that's very true. That's very true. I just, I just feel like. Again, I just feel like let's let's really treat movies like plays. The same way the same way that we go see plays. When we go see plays, yeah, we can hear we can read I mean there's reviews of plays. But that still doesn't stop us from going to see these plays and being like, All right, you know what? I'm gonna sit back, relax, and I'm gonna enjoy. Or I'm gonna get through this and I'm gonna hate it. Um and I mean, I mean, hell, you, you know, people, people spend how much money on on tickets to go see things like Hamilton or, or, or you know, just any any or Cursed Child, right? Or Cursed Child, you know, you know, people people will shell out that money to see it to get that experience, just to see something. Um, and I just, I, I don't know, I just feel like we've got to start giving movies a chance. And either watch it, just watch it. I mean, if you love movies, go see a movie and maybe make it a movie that maybe you wouldn't normally see. Because I made I made that choice with Baby Driver, knew nothing about it other than like Jamie Foxx was in it and there were like fast cars and it was John Hamm. And I, and I was like, I'm sold. And at the time I was like a big Kevin Spacey fan. Um, <laughs> keyword being at the time. Um, and I... Love that movie. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Man, this is such a good movie." Hate that Kevin Space is in it, but I love this movie. Um, and before we go into our last topic for the evening, uh, audience, we are going to take a, just a little bit of a break. We're going to get some water. You guys are going to listen to just like the briefest, the briefest um, of announcements. Learn about a new podcast that maybe you uh, might not have listened to. Maybe you should give that one a chance um, after you listen to our podcast. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to close the show. And Lindley is finally going to reveal what original movie that she saw and give us her honest opinion about it. Stay tuned. <music> My name's Kia. And my name's Les. We do a little podcast. And it's sure to impress. 
We talk about movies and shows on TV. Overrated is what we say about originality. Well, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And a Squarespace website, notaboringsoup.cam. Check out new episodes of Not A Boring Soup every Friday, y'all. Soup sucks, but our podcast doesn't. All right, guys, you know what time it is. I feel like I haven't gotten a chance to do this in a while. So, audience, you know what time it is. It's main event time. It's main event time. So, Lindley. Yes? At New York Comic Con, you... Uh, actually, before New York Comic Con, you knew that you were going to go see this movie. So, what movie was it? I had the absolute pleasure of seeing Bad Times at the El Royale. Which we had talked about on the show. And we had we had some very strong opinions about it. Um, and, like, what what could be... You know what could happen in this? Uh, what could happen in this movie? Was it going to be successful? Was it even going to be good? Um, so, Lindley, without spoiling anything, and we know you won't. Um, what did What did you think about the the movie? And again, audience, this is Lindley's opinion. Does not have to be yours. Yes, Lindley, what did you think of the of the movie? I really liked this movie. Yeah, I really liked, and this is. Uh, let let me put this into perspective. Yes, this was a free screening. Uh, I won the lottery for New York Comic Con, so I was lucky enough to go. Uh, mm. But I this is also a day I had went to bed at two o'clock in the morning, woke up at six to get in cosplay to get to New York Comic Con, and the screening was at seven. I was really tired. I was really, really tired. <laughs> and I I was intrigued the entire time. Nice. I was invested. I was intrigued. I stayed awake despite my sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked it. So, audiences, if you don't know what Bad Times at the El Royale is about, it is about a hotel... That is on the border between California and Nevada. So they make a big deal about how you can sleep in either California or Nevada. It's a little rundown place. It used to be a big deal, but lost their liquor license and could no longer uh, take in the crowds. But a group does come individually. You have a singer. You have a priest. You have a, a, a vacuum salesman. Uh, you have... Uh, a very hip kind of girl that mysteriously comes in. But the only person working at the El Royale is the bellboy. And you find out individually what is happening in each room. It happens in little vignettes. So you'll you see little things that say room four, room mm. five. And you find out about the people staying in those rooms. And soon all the stories connect Things happen. Uh, the blood is spilt, and a bad time is had by the <laughs> characters, but not so much by the audience because we all had a great time. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, it was great. And I, I know we've been talking a lot about, you know, we talk about Venom, we talk about Aladdin, we talk about a lot of franchise, superhero, sequels, remakes, and all this stuff. I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to see something so original as this. It was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It so was, what, you're, what you're saying is I need to see this movie. Yes, you need to see Bad Times at the El Royale. It, it's a little... It's by the director. I didn't know this going in, but have did you guys ever see Cabin in the Woods? Mm-hmm. Same director. Mm-hmm. Oh. Director, writer, and knowing that it makes a little sense. Because the movie has a very... It's... It has a very Tarantino-esque feel mm-hmm. without being a Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So no one has a, a foot fetish in this movie, right. luckily. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, but just, and everything just is bathed in neon, uh, dr- just bathed in neon, drowned in rainfall. The aesthetic is just... It makes me want to live in the 50s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes, or 50s, yeah, no, 60s. Yeah, 60s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, when was Nixon president? 70s. 70s. Oh, well, I don't know what time is, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it time makes me want, relative. just whatever aesthetic this is, it, uh, it's very, it, it's just all very good. Uh, let me tell you. Some standouts. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, I mean, Je- Jeff Bridges is Jeff Bridges. He's going to be great. And he really knocks it out of the park. Because he, he says he's one person. The trailers make it to look like he is another person. But then you get to know him. And it's it, it, he's a character you would not expect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that because I thought in the trailers he would be, his character arc would be spoiled, but it really wasn't. It was very surprising and I really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman by the name of Cynthia Arivo is in this. If you don't know, she is a Tony Award winning actress from The Color Purple. If you don't know who she is, you will know her by the end of this movie because she steals the show. She was... Oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how amazing she was in this. Her and Jeff Bridges play so well off of each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's incredible. She does get to sing, so you get to hear her beautiful voice, but she has the acting chops to back it up. Holy cow, she is... I We're going to see more from her in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. Because this wasn't a thing where, like, a Broadway actor has, like, a little, like, cameo. Be like, oh, I know him from Broadway. No, she is... Of all the characters, she's probably the main character. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an ensemble piece, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. I, it's gonna, great. I loved it. I'm gonna have to play devil's advocate here, Lindley. Okay. And and it's gonna and it's gonna lead to to the main of to kind of the main topic surrounding this movie and what it and what it brings up, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, on the internet, 
is bad times is bad times like officially out now uh, it comes out yet? this week comes out this week comes out this week yeah let, let, i'm gonna double check okay uh, yeah um, october 12th it comes out friday okay i i feel that we as a society and and again and i'm and i'm gonna and i'm I'm going to be kind of the Lorax of the comic book movies. Um, this is not, people don't. <laughs> no, people... I just see a Mar- an orange Marcus with a mustache. <laughs> is that going to be the name of the, the episode? The Lorax of the comic book movies? I'm going to be the Lorax of the comic book movies for a second and say it is not comic book movies' fault that they keep getting carted out ev- like every couple of months Ra- no and, it and, isn't and that and that original movies don't get the attention they deserve but I feel like it goes it goes back to what we ta- kind of talked about in the in the last topic right mm-hmm. this is this is an original movie this is a movie that people clamor for that people beg for you know, that people want to see more original movies. Here's the thing. Where is the hype? I've seen a lot of hype for this movie. I, I, I have, I've, I've been online and I'm not saying that there's no, I'm not saying that there's no hype, but I'm saying where is the same amount of hype that you see for, all these big blockbusters. I'm not even talking about just comic book movies. I'm talking about things like Star Wars, things like Mary Poppins Returns. I'm talking about, you know, Mission Impossible. I'm talking about all these other movies that, you know, get such praise and get such accolades. Where is the hype for Bad Times? Why why is Bad Times not trending? Why... Am I not seeing people sharing the trailer, talking about the trailer? I've, you know what I've seen bad times? I've seen people talk about bad times on film podcasts. Film podcasts, they are, they are so excited for this. Film nerds, they are excited about this. And yes, in a movie like this, you discover new actors, Right? You discover these new actors, people, people that can can get to new heights. But let's not forget movies like Fruitvale Station. Mm. That's a great movie. And when it came out, there was like there was there, there was rumblings, but not to the same extent that you're getting from all these other franchises. And Michael B. Jordan, I dare say, does a better job in that movie than he did in Black Panther. But here's the but thing: people also, didn't start th- talking about Michael B. Jordan until Black Panther. And I just feel that you know what? Mm. If we're if we're going to hype up, if we're going to hype up, uh, if we're going to hype up these these other movies then we need to go out in full force and we need to start supporting these original movies and not have another baby driver too and not have another baby driver where it takes you know it takes p- 
people seeing it on video before they finally realize, oh, snap, when did this movie come out? Or Three Billboards, for that matter. I feel like nobody was talking about Three Billboards, except for people that go see those type of movies. And then as soon as it won an Oscar, then everyone wants to talk about it. Where were you at on day one? Where were you at when this movie was in the theaters? That's where it needs to count because that's where the producers start to listen and they can give us that and they can give us that content and it can really be pushed. And I, I guess I'm just frustrated because I do want to see bad times and I want it to be successful. And I'm, I'm just fearful that it's not going to get the praise that it deserves. Because I trust, like I said, and like I said in the last segment, I trust your judgment. So I know this is a good movie. I'm not saying it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I'm worried that this is a movie that as soon as, I don't know, like the next Captain Marvel trailer drops, then it's going to get ignored. Mm-hmm. That's my it, fear. Yeah. Here, here's the difference between a few of those movies, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Fruitvale Station, at the time, Michael B. Jordan was not a big name. I think the thing that really pushed him to stardom was Crete. So, but then you've got things like Bad Times at Al Royale, who has Jeff Bridges, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm. You've got all these, Chris Hemsworth. This is a movie lined with stars. And the good thing about this movie is that the stars have the talent to back up the plot, to back up the story. But what about what about movies like and again I'm play I'm playing Devil's Advocate. What about movies like Baby Driver? See, that's where it yeah, I will agree with you on that one. <laughs> cause that's that's cause cause you're right. Cause you're right. Comparatively, yeah. you know, comparatively, yeah. Yeah. All right, if, you so, know, you know. But yeah. like things like Fruitvale Station, which was an indie film, mm-hmm. I don't think can be compared. To something like Bad Times, because Bad Times is not an indie film. It's not. Which I agree, that movie deserves the, all the accolades that it should get. Mm-hmm. But I have seen a lot of hype for this movie. I've seen it being praised because of its originality. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll see come Sunday. Mm-hmm. By the time that this podcast comes out, check the box office and see just where, how, how is it going to fall? Is it going to beat Venom, which is a, a it's a spinoff or a franchise? Is it going to beat A Star is Born, which is the third remake of A Star is Born? There are four A Star is Born movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if people realize this. It's. A lot of people just think it's based on a Barbra Streisand. No, the Barbra Streisand was based off a Judy Garland movie. That Judy Garland movie was based off another movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess we just have to see how it stacks up. There mm-hmm. is a need. There is a want for original content in Hollywood. But yeah, I just again, feel, I just we have to like go out and no, see it. But I feel like there's no faith in those movies. Well, not not so much from the people. I just feel like the people aren't even given the opportunity to know about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. cause there's not... 
I mean, how did we discover bad times? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like didn't wasn't on like YouTube? I don't yeah, think, well, the I don't trailer think like, came out and it looked awesome. Yeah, but like I just started seeing. I watch TV all the time. I just started seeing trailers for bad times on TV. Yeah. That might be a regional thing, too, because I live in New York City, and there have been, like, billboards and and cabs Mm -hmm. with it going everywhere for the past two weeks. But I feel like that comes comes with having Cynthia in it. Cynthia won the Tony. Yeah. That's a town. But she's also not a big name. Yeah, but she's also not as big of a name as people like Dakota Johnson and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, and Jeff Bridges at the moment. True. Even John Hamm. True. But she's still well-known in New York City. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, that that might assist in, like, why more why there's more advertisement for, for bad times there. I would, I, here's what I would like to see. I would like to go, because again, and, and, and here's another thing too, because I just came back from my Dirty Third trip in California. I have, I've never seen any sort of advertisement for Bohemian Rhapsody. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody uh, posters everywhere when I was in LA. When I, go, when I went to San Diego, when I went to Temecula. Everyone, you saw so much stuff about Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, that movie was coming out tomorrow. I was like, man, is Bohemian Rhapsody coming out this weekend? It was like, no, it's in November. Yeah. Yeah, but not to that level. And then why is it just here? And again, you're 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 advertising you're advertising to markets that are going that are you know those those people of course they're gonna go see those movies. Who in L.A. isn't gonna go see Bohemian Rhapsody? Who in New York's not gonna see Bohemian Rhapsody? Who's in New York's not gonna see Bad Times? Who in L.A.'s not gonna see Bad Times? But what about these small communities that need to be exposed to this stuff? So what? They only ever get to get exposed to Venom. Like, how is that fair? Especially to these actors who are working hard, who want more people to see their films. Well, you know, I think we really are getting into advertising, which is a horribly flawed uh, thing I've noticed in Hollywood recently. I loved Jurassic World this past year, but I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that the trailers for it were terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they revealed too much. They uh, did not really convey exactly what the movie was about either, weirdly enough. And I just, like, I feel like you could make a really good trailer for the movie uh, better than what they did. And I keep seeing this being a problem. Trailers are either revealing too much, they're not, or they're not selling you on the hook. You know, it's like, you know, a trailer is supposed to get you excited. And when they keep playing to what they think will make something sell, uh, but it just ends up looking like everything else, it gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. You know, these big budget tentpole movies, you know, they have a bigger budget because running ads does cost money. So they get a lot more exposure. But a lot of these uh, smaller, more original content stuff. Usually, you know, that's the studio taking a risk 
so they don't they don't throw as much behind the ads for it uh usually and you know it wasn't always like that you know there was a time when you know the little movie called back to the future actually got attention um a little movie called gremlins got attention raiders of the lost ark got attention you had all these original movies back in the day that would get promoted and people would go see them uh but it's just a it's just a completely different thing because uh the larrys of the world are just looking at how can we make the most money and if you know if it's a more serious biopic uh, they're probably not going to throw as much behind the advertisements for it. Unless, mm-hmm. you know, like Bohemian Rhapsody, you notice how they keep playing, you know, some uh, nostalgic Queen songs in the trailer. Because it's about That's... Queen. Well, yes, <laughs> but the point is, the yeah, but the point is, is that it's really just trying to cloy on your nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, can you honestly tell me that, yes, it is about Queen, but no, is it they literally going to be trailer. just a ninety-minute to two-hour uh, concert? Probably not. No, but it's about. But, and it's yeah. yeah. So you and his and his Freddie Mercury, like he's known for his music. So to not play his music in the trailer, like that would piss people off. How are you going to have a movie called Bohemian Rhapsody but not play? bohemian rhapsody in your trailer it's a slam dunk if anybody if anybody deserves to do it it's not suicide squad it's bohemian rhapsody yeah no i'm not i'm not arguing with that i agree i'm just saying that you know when movie trailers don't sit there and recognize what people actually want to see in something you know that turns them off you know like me i see something i don't want to see in a trailer i'm kind of i kind of take a pass on it um but, you know, a lot of times movie trailers just kind of fall into a lot of cliches and, you know, it's where we get the Inception horn and the slow covers of music songs and all that good fun stuff. Because, I mean, you usually see that in, you know, tentpole movies. But but again, like, I mean, but again, exciting Lindley, this movie, there's one unknown actress in this. Well, Sorry. There's one unknown actress to most of America in this movie. But you do have these big so this isn't and she's already said this isn't a this isn't an indie project. This isn't a small budget. This is this is a whole bunch this is a whole bunch of like critically acclaimed stars. So I'm saying what makes this movie different than the other movies? It's not and a franchise. Well, it doesn't have to be a franchise. Look at the look at Phantom Thread. Look how much press that got. It's, why is right? So why is had Phantom Thread getting more attention than a good an actual good movie? Because it's not a franchise, and that's why and because Phantom it had Thread a gimmick. Is not a franchise. Phantom Thread was solely b- billed as Daniel Day Lewis's last movie. Who the that hell knows who the, Daniel Day Lewis is? That was the hook. How that is that the hook? hook? My mother doesn't. My mother, who I'm, I always kind of base it like my, you know, like what's grassroots American. She does not know who Daniel Day Lewis is. She could care less. Yeah, a lot of people do, and that was enough. That's what the studios thought was enough. But no, I don't disagree. People who um, didn't watch Mad Men, but that's not to say do, that, that, that Baby Driver and Kimmy Schmidt, who doesn't know whore. John Hamm at this point. 
Tag. No one saw in, Tag. In, uh, in the words in of John Hamm himself, he's really popular on Yeah, Marvel. I had never even heard of it. Are you kidding me? A lot of people saw Tag. See, I disagree. I know so many, so many people, so many people love John Hamm. I have never seen Mad Men, and I love John Hamm. I've never seen Mad Men. I have no intention of ever seeing Mad Men. I'm sure, I'm sure he's fantastic in it, but I have no intention of seeing Mad Men. But I know who John Hamm is. I know who Jeff Bridges is. I know who Dakota Johnson... You know what's not going to get me in the seats? Dakota Johnson. She's actually pretty good I in would this. only go see that movie to see Dakota Johnson just because I want to see her make like an actual facial expression and not be a robot and look bored. I'm sure she is. I'm sure she's not bored <laughs> in this because it's got actual substance. And again, why did why did why does a movie like Fifty Shades of Grey get the press, but this doesn't? Because it's a franchise that sold well as a book. See, filmmakers when they're looking at you know how to make the most money, it's considered a safer bet to make something that's based on a franchise because the franchise has got a pre-built audience. A film like this, you're right, it's not an indie film, but it's still an original product. It's not going to be this you know, $300 million summer blockbuster. Uh, so it wouldn't make as much sense to them, not, you know, to us, but to them, they're looking at how do we make the most money? They're going to look at it as, mm, I'm not going to spend as much, you know, on this, on the advertising for this. Now we could talk about the hypocrisy all day because I agree. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis's, uh, swan song is not nearly that would I mean it didn't get me into a seat because that's the dumbest uh, hook you could ever try to use especially when the subject matter is about a tailor like clothing is one of the just like a movie about it just I can't picture it and and the trailers didn't do any any favors either but um but it's because it's not a franchise. It's not based on, at least it, I don't think it is anyways. It's not based on a really well-known book or anything that sold millions and was a worldwide sensation. But I think that there are plenty of movies that aren't franchises that still get the press. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. And, yet bad, and yet bad Times is not. And there have been other movies that have been excellent that have also not gotten the press that they deserve. You know, you think about a movie like Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer well, is, is chock Who made full. Bad Times? Hmm? Let's look this up and see who made Bad Times. Because sometimes it has to do with the studio and who all they know. But the studio isn't, but the studio isn't making like all of these movies that are excellent but people aren't hearing about. Again, a movie like Snowpiercer. Great movie. Very few people heard about it until it showed up on Netflix. 
Okay, the production company is Goddard Textiles, and it is being distributed by 20th Century Fox. I don't know what that adds to the conversation. I just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) (sighs) Well, audience, we've reached an impasse, or at least I've reached an impasse. What, What say you? Do you feel that this movie and may and like i said like you said Lily, we might we might put this episode out and people might be listening to this and being like marius you're so wrong bad times is great like everyone's talking about it it's like it's the next big thing they're already talking about making the sequel if that's the case i will be ecstatic i will be so happy but I feel that like this this movie is once again it's going to it's going to end up like all the other movies that have come before it, and I'm like we cannot mm-hmm. continue to be hypocrites in in this in the film community and say we want original content but then never go see it. Spoilers! You know? It is like, a good I'm, movie. I definitely plan on going to see <laughs> Bad Times. Yeah. Why? Because it looks like a great movie. Also, it's original. Well, and it's original. We keep talking about like, oh, I don't Reach. like this because it's a superhero movie. Well, then go see Bad Times. Go see it. You want it? You want people to not go see? You want the? You want studios to make something other than superhero movies? Stop complaining about superhero movies and actually go see an original movie that's good. And maybe stop seeing some of these other original movies because Daniel Day Lewis is in it. He was a tailor or male who started Streep is dating. In it. I, I don't care. Well, about Marcus, he was a tailor. I don't care. It's a, it's a tailor who started dating a woman who exactly. I don't even. I. I mean, you can explain the plot to me. I've already care of him, it. so she would make him sick in order for him to notice her. He found out, but liked it, so went with it. Yeah, it's weird. That's creepy. Okay. (laughs) That's the role he decides to go out on? Again. Again, that was the movie that got more hype. Throwing that out there. That's that's the movie that studios thought, you know, that's the winner. I blame Larry for that one. <laughs> well. That has Larry's fingerprints all over it. Well, I think that, you know, again, I, I don't feel like it's, I feel like it's, it's, it's pointless to just complain. I feel like there actually, I feel like there has to be action. And I feel like the best way to have some action and I think that that is, and if you've, if this is your first time listening to this show, you come in on a great episode because once again, we are ending the show with what I feel is the true essence of this. This is a show where we will talk literally about any movie. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be superhero. It could be original. But we love movies. And if you're a good movie, we want to let make sure that everyone goes to see your movie. So if you're listening to this, and maybe you're trying to figure out what to see on your Sunday afternoon, go check out Bad Times. And 
when you come back, leave us a little comment. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me that Bad Times is on track to be the blockbuster of the beginning of October and probably going to be the best movie of the year. And that's all I got to say about that. Guys, as usual, I've had a wonderful time talking with you. Really have. Um, You too, good sir. Audience, let us know also what you think of the new format. I know, Dave, you're taking notes right now. It's fine. I've just accepted this. Um, Hey, Dave. (laughs) Hey, Dave. Uh, let us know, guys, if you uh, if you like the if you like the style. If you listen to a couple of our older episodes, um, it is very different than what we've done. Uh, but we're trying to constantly evolve and constantly change, and trying to give you guys uh, content that you know that you want to hear. So again, let us know in the comments below what you think of the new format, and if you like it, maybe we'll do it again, or maybe next time we'll try something new, and we'll keep trying until. Uh, we find what fits the popcorn prattle mold as we get closer. We're gonna to our do what we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The clock is ticking. <laughs> we should have a birthday cake. Spoilers. Try to take over the world. That's weird. That, we we probably shouldn't tell people we're trying to take over the world. Then they. That's after. Well, that's after credits. <laughs> If you want to talk to Lindley more about bad times um, and her experiences at New York Comic Con, but the home you can find me on pictures. Instagram. Uh, I am on time. Instagram really at jealous. Little Lottie. Uh, That's L I T T L E L O T T I E. You can find me there, posting all my cosplay pictures. I've been since it is October. I'm doing a new thing called Thirty One Days of Spooky Music. So you can go check that out if you need something to add to your Halloween playlist. And speaking of Instagram, we have an Instagram. If you're not following us already, you missed a live stream Q&A from the Bad Times at El Royale screening that included the director and John Hamm himself. What? Mm -hmm. So all the more reason for you to go follow us on Instagram. Stephen, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, I've got two YouTube channels. One uh, features my older stuff uh, and less, um, I guess, uh, meticulous stuff. Uh, just type in uh, Stephen's Workshop and you will be able to find it. Uh, I've also got another channel for my more professional work, uh, Bailey's Film Workshop, which I believe, since we are approaching Halloween, if you head on over there in a few days, you might... Uh, you might discover a, a new um, a new short film just in time for Halloween. Yes, yes. And folks, if you haven't seen any of Stephen's work, um, he I I urge you to watch it from watch his earlier works to now, um, and you really really see that this is a this is a person who who really does know um, a awesome. lot about filmmaking. If you couldn't tell that from from the episode, uh, and he's just great. He does great work on the camera Aww, thanks guys um, and of course if you would uh, like to get in touch with me you can always get in touch with me at mark m-a-r-c underscore Leroy. Um that's l-a-r-o-y you can also 
uh, go on our Twitter at Popcorn Prattle. That's P O P C R O N underscore Prattle. P R A T T L E. Um, as far as projects, uh, just so that you know, I'm actually get I actually uh, guest starred on a uh, on another podcast called Escape. This podcast is an escape room podcast. It just dropped, um, <laughs> and I've got to tell you that is probably the most fun I have ever had outside of Popcorn Prattle, of course. Um, and it was. Yeah. <laughs> Traitor. And it was, um, I'm trying to get them to, to call you guys up on the show because I think you guys would have a lot of fun with it. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun to, to be on that on that show. Um, I'm also going to be featured on a couple of different projects, um, voice acting wise, one of which is uh, Infinity Gauntlet, where I get to play Mephisto, which got, was, was real, real cool. And, um, yeah, and I'll I'll try to post uh, anything as far as those projects go on my personal Twitter. So you gotta you gotta follow me on there, um, in order to uh, in order to get the scoop. Had a glorious time talking with you guys, Lindley, Stephen. I think that was everything. Are we all good? We good. We're good. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ear. Audience. Audience, from all of us, all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices. Rip your pants up to the DJ.